Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? A couple of y'all are doing all right. Happy Valentine's Day. It's an exciting day for some people. For some day people, maybe it's not as exciting. If you're single, hey, here is the great news if you're single. You just saved a ton of money. Like, that's uh, like... So from a budgetary uh, aspect, like that, it's an incredible day for you. Uh, it, so if, if you're not single, you probably didn't save a lot of money. So uh, it's not as good of a day for you, but you, maybe you have somebody special. Yeah. Uh, anyways, hey, we're glad that you're with us. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, today will be the one and only day that you will ever see me in a suit. So don't think that this is normal attire. This is not at all. So we're glad that you're here. We're in this series called What If? And we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, like, what if we did some things differently in our life? What if we made 2016 not just like 2015, 2014, 2013? What if we didn't go through the motions and it just end up kind of the same way that every other year has ended up? But what if this year God wanted to take our ordinary, normal life and turn it into something extraordinary? And we said, in order to do that over the last couple of weeks, we said, there's probably some areas of our life that we're going to have to make some change in. If we're going to want to see our life going from normal and mundane to extraordinary, and that means we're probably going to have to get outside of our box. We're going to have to get out of the comforts and confines of the place where we find our security, where we find our worth, where we find our value and step out in faith and, and trust God in some areas. We talked about... Uh, we talked about getting our financial life in order and making sure that we're doing well in that area and gave some practical steps. If you want to go back and listen to that. Last week, we talked about uh, taking advantage of the moment that we have. If we want to live the absolute best life, then we've got to take care of the moments that we have. We're not guaranteed tons of other moments. We're guaranteed the moment we have. And so, so stop living for tomorrow and start living for today. Now, as I was thinking about today, as, as today is going to be the, the end of this series, um, there's, there's, we're going to talk about a subject that's very uh, personal to me, something that God has done a lot in my life. And, and it got me thinking, uh, before I kind of talk about it, it got me thinking about just an, kind of this thing that is happening culturally. I think it's really, really dominant in my generation and the millennial generation that's coming up. Maybe it's, it's prominent in some other generations, but I see the fact that today for a lot of us, we are very short-sighted when it comes to life. And, and let me kind of explain what I mean by that. And, and I'll just use kind of our physical life as an example when I, when I say we're short-sighted in life because we, we have a tendency to only look at the current moment rather than looking further off. And so, for example, a lot of us, um, you know, we, we look at our life and, and my mom always had this saying, um, she's, she would always say that brown fat is better than white fat. So that means we should suntan, like get a tan. And so people go out and they go to the beach, they go to Deerfield Beach, they go to Pompano Beach and they bake and they bake and they bake and they think, man, I look good right now. And the short-sightedness is, man, yeah, maybe you look good right now, but later on you're going to end up with skin cancer or or we're short-sighted and we go, to, we go to McDonald's, we pull up and, and they're like, would you like to supersize that? And you're like, supersize me, I'm hungry. And you supersize your meal today, but you end up supersized tomorrow. Or you think to yourself, you know what, what, what what's the big deal? You know, like I'm, I'm going to smoke a couple cigarettes. What, what are a couple cigarettes? It, it makes me look cool. It's kind of a hip, cool thing to do. So smoke today, lung cancer tomorrow. Let me give you another one. You know, you think like, man, I love Mexican food. I'm going to go get some Mexican food today 
tomorrow you get where I'm going, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're short-sighted when it comes to things. And we, we, we think that in the moment, like, it's going to be really, really pleasurable, but we don't look beyond the moment. And we talk in church, there's some things that we do a really, really good job of in church. I think we do a great job uh, of talking about your spiritual life. I mean, the, and hence, we're a church, that's something we should do. We talk a lot about how do you grow in your relationship with Jesus? How do you really develop that and what does that look like and how do you make sure you're spiritually healthy what are the disciplines that you need to be doing a lot of times we talk about your emotional health like how are your attitudes how are you dealing with stress and pressure of life how are you dealing with all those things that in relationships the emotional areas of life we do a great job of talking about that area um, you know, and, and so we're, we're, we're phenomenal at that. But one area that we traditionally, I'm saying as a church as a whole, our church included, the one area that we ignore or one section of our life, if we want to break it into thirds, is not just the spiritual and not just the emotional. But a lot of times we ignore the physical aspect of life. We ignore this physical body that we've been given. And, and for some reason, uh, we don't like to talk about that. I mean, it's really easy to talk about spiritual health and spiritual things. It's really easy to talk about emotional health and emotional things. And I think that it's really easy to talk about those things because we can fake those areas of our life. If we're really, really honest, you can walk in here and you can, you want to fake your spiritual life. You, somebody walks up to you, how you doing? Man, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. You're like Joel Osteen, you know, like you're just like, like Miss, Mr. or Mrs. Positivity or, or your emotional life, you're like, man, how are your relationships going? Man, they're so good. Like you can fake those things. But your physical life is a hard thing to fake. Want to know why? Because your physical life is on display for everybody. Come on. Is it not? I mean, like you can tell if somebody is healthy physically or not a lot just by not digging into their life, but just by looking at them or watching what they do. And it's easy to lie to ourselves and say, well, it's not about what's going on on the outside, it's about what's inside. Well, that, you know what? Honestly, what's on the inside is always going to come out. And what's outside is just a display, typically, of what's lacking inside. And this has gotten really, really personal for me. Because I, I'm a guy that comes from a family that uh, has, has been successful in a lot of areas of life, but when it comes to physical health, man, it's been a struggle family-wide. And, and six years ago, I got up in our Coconut Creek campus when we were first starting, and, and I looked at my life, and I realized, man, I was one of the most uh, out-of-shape, physically unfit people around. In fact, I was suffering from all these physical conditions. I was getting migraines constantly. I was, I was up to over 260 pounds. I had 30 plus percent body fat. I was having high blood pressure. All these things were happening in my life. And, and I'm saying, man, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. And I'm lying to myself because I was emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy. At least I thought. But what I began to realize is that I was abusing my body because I wasn't good inside. And all of a sudden, I, I realized, man, I needed to get some things right when it came to my physical life because my physical life is a reflection of all of my life. And, 
And back in December of this year, like I, I was thinking about this journey that I've been on personally over the last almost six years. And there was a verse that just jumped at me in one of my quiet times before I, I was going to work out one morning. And it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And it says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. And so I just want to stop right there because I believe that God's goal for every single one of our lives is to make us holy. He wants us to be pure. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be different and he wants us to be whole. He wants us to be complete. So what does complete mean to God? Does that mean that, man, we're just spiritually connected to him? Does that mean emotionally we got those things together? Because he defines it right here. He goes, he goes I want you to put together spirit, which is our relationship with God, our soul, which is that our, our, our mind, will, and emotions, is all of that stuff. And then he says, and our body, our physical lives. And he says, I want to keep you fit for the coming master, Jesus Christ. And so God is saying, listen, I want you set apart. I want you complete. But more than I want you set apart and complete, I want you fit and ready for all that God has for you. God has got some incredible things for your life, but I don't just want you healthy spiritually. I don't just want you healthy emotionally and in your mind. There's a third part of that that has been ignored, and it's your physical health. And I want you to be fit in every single one of those areas. And so many times we ignore this one area when God is saying like, listen, this is an important aspect. And I love what Rick Warren says. He says, he says, God created it. Jesus died for it. The spirit lives in it. I better take care of it. And he's talking about our bodies. He's saying, man, we better take care of this vessel that God has given us. And it's about keeping fit, not just spiritually, not just emotionally, but physically in our lives. Because I know that God has got an incredible plan for each and every one of you. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to do some incredible things in and through your life. And there are some things coming up in the future that are absolutely going to blow your mind. But if you're not physically able to accomplish those things, oh my gosh, shame on us. And I'm not trying to shame you into doing something by any means. I just want us to realize that this is an important aspect to God because our bodies, these vessels are the vehicle to our destiny. And God even, I mean, he talks about this in Ephesians 5, 29. Paul says, no one even ever hated his own body. Now, I, I want to distinguish this because some of you are like, well, I do hate my body. I don't like how my butt looks or like I wish my stomach was a little bit more tucked. I'm not talking, yeah, like all of us. Yeah, like we could all use some, some lipo in some area of our life or some, some implants or whatever, whatever, however you want to look. I don't know. Uh, Get your mind out of the gutter. I was thinking like peck or a bicep implant, something. Uh, we, we all want to look better. And this isn't talking about body image here. He's talking about caring for your body. He's not talking about like, oh, man, you want to be a supermodel or you want to have six-pack abs, which uh, probably all of us do. Uh, he's talking about body image. He says, but he feeds it and he cares for it as Christ does the church. He says, man, if we're... If we're if we're all about this physical life, man, we, we all take care of our body in some form or fashion. Just how well are we taking care of it? 
And you think about our body as a vehicle, man, your vehicle, whether you, you drive a Toyota or you, you drive a, a Mercedes, there's always some routine maintenance that you have to do on your body. There's always some routine maintenance that you have to do on your car. You got to get your oil changed. Nobody's going to continue to drive their car without getting their oil changed. You want to know why? Because eventually your engine is going to seize up and you're going to not have that vehicle to take you to your destination. It's going to cause some bigger problems in your life. If you have some, some flat tires or some, some balding tires, you don't keep driving on those puppies because you know you're going to have a blowout and it's going to cause a big accident. No, you go get those things changed. And there's some routine things in our life that we need to be doing continuously to making sure that this vehicle, our body, is roadworthy for the place that God is trying to take us. And so for today, I want to talk about the four tires of this vehicle, our lives, that I think we need to be looking at and taking care of if we're going to live out a healthy life this year. If we're going to live to this health when it comes to our physical life, how we're going to do that. First tire is this, of the first tires, it's important for us to know that, man, number one, fuel. The first tire we've got to be looking at is our fuel. It's, it's what are we putting in our body? What is the food intake that we have? And fuel is so important because what you put in your body is what you're going to get out of your body. And listen, if you're putting good things in, you're going to have great results. If you're putting bad things in, you're going to get bad results. If you put diesel in a gas engine car, it's not going to run very well. Listen, if you put crap in your body, you're not going to function very well. In fact, I, I found this acrostic because I'm a pastor and I just like that kind of stuff. It spells out crap. Here are some things, some crap you should stop putting in your body. One is, is carbonated drinks. C, carbonated drinks, man, they're one of the worst things for your physical body. You're drinking soda, man, you are destroying your inside. Just straight up, man, it's, it's one of the worst things for you. Two, the, the R there is refined sugar. Man, sugar is one of the worst things. All that sweet and low, all that stuff, it's, it's one of the obesity epidemics of our generation is because we're consuming so much sugar in our intake. And they say, man, you gotta, you got to rid yourself except for what comes naturally from foods. The A there is artificial foods. Do you know right now, in fact, you can go on Facebook or you can go on YouTube and you can type in China artificial rice. And in China, they're producing fake rice to us that they're selling us right now. I watched a video on it on YouTube. I was blown away. And we're putting fake stuff in our bodies all the time. We're wondering, why are we not running at an optimum level in life? The P is processed foods. All that processed foods, you know, we're, we weren't meant to, to eat all this processed stuff. We were meant to eat whole fruits, vegetables, lean protein, those types of things in life. And we got to get focused on what's coming in and what's going on. We got to control our intake in and what we're doing out. It's not just about the quality of the food. It's also about the quantity of the food. Because a lot of us right now, we're on the seafood diet. I see food, I eat it. And it's like, that's an effective diet, but it, it's, it's going to make you die really fast too. And I, I, love, I love what Paul says. He talks in Corinthians because I, I, I'm not super legalistic about this, but he talks a little bit before this about food and prostitution. I'm not really sure how those two go together. But uh, in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 6, I'm just giving you the context. So like he's, he's equating food and prostitution. Those aren't very good things. And so he says, listen, you're allowed to do anything. 
Listen, you can do whatever you want. That's what he's saying. But he says, but not everything is good for you. Listen, you can eat whatever you want. That doesn't mean it's going to be good for you. He says, I'm allowed to do anything. He says, I must not become a slave to anything. Even though I'm allowed to do all this stuff, I can't become a slave to it. And one of the, one of the things that I, the epidemics I see in America is, is we are enslaved to food. It has become our drug of choice. It's not only become our drug, it's become our comforter and it's become our friend. And so when we're down, we don't call a friend, we, we call up delivery dudes. And if you haven't called up delivery dudes, it's amazing, just FYI. Uh, you know, and it's become this drug of choice. And we're enslaved to it. And, and I know what that's like because food was my master. Man, you can, you can talk to my wife. Like, I was so addicted to food that I didn't think I had a problem, but I had a major problem. Man, I was eating anything and everything. And when I was down, man, I ate even more. Because I thought that that was going to bring contentment and security in my life. And before long, food was my master. But you know what's supposed to be my master? Jesus is supposed to be my master. And we need to balance out this this area of our life. We need to have a balanced diet. And when I say balanced diet, that doesn't mean a cookie in each hand, okay? That's not a balanced diet. I've just learned, man, in fact, science will tell you this. Brain cells come and go, but fat cells stay forever. Unless you get liposuction. Then they, they're, apparently they're gone. So if anybody's buying, I'm in. Uh, but it's important that we learn to let Christ be our master. We, we got to have not a short-sighted picture. And I love John Maxwell, who's an incredible author, speaker, and writer. Uh, a while back, he had a heart attack. I was reading an article about him, and he had this huge sweet tooth. And somebody asked him, they said, have you lost your craving for sweets? He goes, no, my craving for life just got a lot bigger. And for some of us, man, our craving for life has got to get bigger than the fuel we're putting in our body. And when I had a realization that food wasn't a friend, but it was fuel for my body, everything about eating in my life changed. And I want to challenge us to, to look at what we're putting in our body and, and see what we're putting in and make sure we're not putting crap in, but we're fueling our body to be able to run as efficiently as possible. Number two there, and you're filling the blanks, is lift. It's all about strength, man. We need to build some strength in our life. We need to build some muscle in our life. And, and if you, if you want to know if you need to build some muscle, here's, here's what you need to do. When you get done with church today, you go home, you go lock yourself in your bathroom. Make sure you lock that door, okay? It's a, it's a critical element of it. Strip down naked, grab a stopwatch, slam your foot on the ground, and hit the stopwatch at the same time. And when stuff stops jiggling, hit it. If you're going longer than 15, 20 seconds, like it might be time to, put, to lift some weights. I know that that's kind of funny, but it's, and it's mean at the same time, but it's true. Because there, there's something to muscle on our body. In fact, 1 Timothy says, for physical training is of some value. Like God, God talks about it. It's, there's value to, to getting physical. Let's get physical, physical. Anyways, he says, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for the present life and the life to come. Listen, godliness is, is, is not just for today, but for the future, but the physical life is for today. 
It's true for the today, which means in our physical training, obviously, it has some value in our life. And I went and did a ton of research, and this is what I know. How many of you guys in here are aging right now? Raise your hands. Raise your hands if you're aging, which should be virtually every single one of us. If you're aging right now, your muscle mass is diminishing naturally. Just naturally diminishing. And so you can continue to let it diminish and atrophy naturally, or you can do something about it. And that's why strength is so important. In fact, building strength in your life, man, there's so many health benefits. It develops strong bones, uh, which reduces the risk of osteoporosis in your life. Um, It helps you control your weight because the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn. It also boosts your stamina. The stronger you are, the less fatigued you'll become. It gives you better balance in life. It helps you manage chronic conditions like back pain, uh, arthritis. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are saying, well, I can't go lift weights. I can't get strength because it hurts. Of course it hurts. It's supposed to hurt because anytime you're going to build something up, it means you're tearing something down. And some of the problems that you're having in your life are because you're lacking strength and the very thing that you need is going to hurt you at first, but it's going to make you better in the end. And for some of us, man, we got to make this a priority in our life. Last week, you, you heard me talk about my priorities. Man, Jesus is number one. Shayla is number two. My call of ministry is number three. My personal health is number four. Like, it's in my top four list. It goes in there before mostly everything else, before any relationships, before hanging out with people. Man, physical lifting weights, and I try to lift weights at least five times a week, if not six. I'd recommend for all of us, man, at least three times a week that we, we go do something physical and lift some weights. And I know some of you guys are going to say, well, I don't have time to work out, but you have time to watch seven hours of TV. You make time for what's important in your life. For some of us, it's time for us to make our physical life important. In fact, this Friday I was at CrossFit and there was a girl that started coming to CrossFit from our Coconut Creek campus and she's there and she's been coming for about a month and we were talking after the end of a, a workout and, and I was like, man, how, how are you enjoying this? Are you loving? Because she's, she's getting strong super fast and I was like, man, you're getting so strong fast and she's like, that's not even the best part about this, TJ. And I was like, it's not? She's like, no. See, before I started coming here, every day I would come home from work and my work is stressful and it's hard and I would go home and I would just go, I would sleep right away and I've got two kids, I've got a husband And I was not giving them the best of me. And and my family life was lacking because I just didn't have the energy and the stamina to keep up. She said, but now, man, I'm running circles around my family. I'm going to go home right now. I'm going to cook dinner for my my kids because they're on a special diet for the sports they're playing. I'm going to cook dinner for my husband. Man, we're going to go out tonight. Like, I've got so much. I'm like running circles around my family. Why? Because she started getting strength in her life. Some of us, we need to get some strength in our life to get our stamina, to get our energy up to where it needs to be. Number three there, the third tire we need to look at is what I would call move. It's all about cardio. It's about our cardiovascular health. We need to move in life. And I think most of us are convinced this is true. Like we know that we should be more active in our life. Like we should be doing some things that are getting our heart rate up. Just most of us are committed to it. We know that it's a good thing, but we haven't committed ourselves to doing that. And and I love the fact that Timothy said physical exercise has some value. And I think the reason Paul was saying that to Timothy, 
The reason he's saying that is because they lived in an active lifestyle. Man, they walked everywhere. They were very active in all of their jobs. They were, they were gardening. They were shepherding. They were moving around. Whereas today, we live very sedentary lives. We sit at desks. We drive everywhere. We have very little activity. And so if Paul was rewriting that to us today, he would say, listen, man, physical training, it has some amazing value to your life. He wouldn't say it has some value. He'd be like, man, it has incredible value. Want to know why? Because we need it. We need it in our life. And a lot of us think, well, man, that's, that's, that's too much straining on me. I got to go do all that. It's not about straining. It's about getting some training in your life to get some cardio because you were made to be active. You were not made to be sitting on your couch all night long surfing Facebook to like things that you don't like. <laughs> you just weren't. You are made to be active, and there's huge value in activity. In fact, the number one killer in America right now is heart disease. Number one killer. Do you know what the greatest remedy for heart disease is? Cardiovascular exercise. You'll reduce your, 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 your rate almost by 70% by, being, by getting your cardiovascular system exercise. And they say, if you were to walk two miles a day, some of you are like, well, I don't even know where to start. You can walk. Walk. Get your heart rate up. Do something. If you don't like walking, go to a spin class. If you don't like spinning, go to the video arcade. There's a guy in our church. Go bring some quarters with you. Do that dance, dance, revolution game. That'll get your heart rate up. Do something. Get some activity in your life. Get your heart rate going. The benefits, man, are increased metabolism. Hello, everybody wants some of that. You'll sleep better. Some of you guys are struggling sleeping, maybe because you're not moving enough to get your body so that it needs some sleep. One of the major benefits, and this is a good one for uh, Valentine's Day, it's an increased libido. Man, go get your exercise on with your spouse. Date night tonight. Yeah, that's, amen, amen. For married people, single people, thank goodness you saved money today. <laughs> Man, we gotta honor God with our bodies. And so we've got fuel, we've got lift, we've got move. And the fourth one, I think it's so important, and it's one that's not talked about much, it's rest. We gotta get rest it's about the sleeping and Sabbath, man. Are we taking time to rest? Psalms 127.2 says this. It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late night, fearing you'll starve to death, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Rest is so important to God. He put it in the Ten Commandments saying, man, you've got to take the seventh day and take that as a Sabbath rest. In Mark 6, uh, Jesus told his disciples to go take a little uh, uh, vacation and say, hey, go get some rest it's important for us that we're resting in life. We got to make sure that we're taking our vacations, that we're getting the proper amount of sleep. 40% of Americans today are getting less than five hours of sleep a night. I don't know what y'all are doing, man. Less than five hours. We're the most sleep deprived nation in the world right now. And we're wondering why we're obese and why we don't have energy and we're suffering from depression and we're, we're, we have all the side effects 
of not having this aspect in our lives. And rest is critical to the functionality of our body. It's where our bodies recover from the stress of the day, from the stress of the activity, from the stress of, of the pressure. Where that comes up, it comes together in rest. And so we got to make sure that we're making sure that that area of our life is full, that we're getting enough sleep, that we're taking our vacations. It's crazy to me that we have vacation time that we don't take. So practically, how do we make this a reality? Because those are, you're like, TJ, those are great tires. Like, uh, I, I would like to have those tires. So, so how do I make that happen for me? And I think it's really easy. You got to, number one, turn when into now. You can't live in this someday mentality of when the time is right or when I feel better or when I have enough time or, or when the kids get a little bit older or, or when I can afford that membership. Like you got to turn that when, like when or someday mentality into right now because Psalm tells us this is the day that the Lord has made. It's not tomorrow. Today is the day that he's made. Which means that, man, we probably ought to be obedient to what he's asking us to do and what he's speaking to us today, not tomorrow, not starting the diet in three weeks, not going to the gym six months from now, but starting today. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. All we're given is right now. And I know for myself, I've learned, for me personally, I've got to be prepared each and every day to confront my own self-sabotage. Because I'm the person that's going to sabotage my when, because I'm going to say, you know what, later on in the day, that's when I'll go do that thing. And then later on comes and I'll go, well, just a little bit later, and before long, that day is over. And you know who sabotaged it? McDonald's didn't sabotage it. Work didn't sabotage it. I sabotaged it. A lot of times we blame the devil for things that we're really the devil in. And so instead of pushing off till tomorrow and saying someday, we need to turn someday into today and just be obedient. Second thing we need to do is we need to turn our intentions into actions. And this is really all about discipline. And, and I have a friend who told me this, and I think it's so true. He says, for a lot of us, man, we have some incredible dreams. We have some incredible goals. And the dream is free, but the hustle to get there is sold separately. See, the hustle between who you are and who you want to be is sold separately. And that means that we got to do something to make that a reality in our lives. We got to get out there and do some work. We got to turn those great intentions into actionable actions. And a lot of us, we know that we should be doing those things. We just don't. And James, the brother of Jesus, actually talks about this. And, he, and this is what he says. He says, anyone who knows what he ought to do and he doesn't do it. You know what that's called? He says that's called sin. Which is basically just saying, you know what that's called? That's called missing the mark. And a lot of us, we're missing the mark because we have the greatest of intentions. But we're not putting any action to it. And that discipline that we need to make those actions a reality is just choosing between what you want now and what you want most. And some of us have got to get a, instead of being so short-sighted in life, we've got to get a bigger picture of life. 
bit of a bigger picture of where you're going. And, and, and I love to confess things in church just because I think it's a great place to do it and it makes me feel good about it. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you some of my intentions uh, because I think it's important. If, if I put it out there, then I'm accountable to it. And so uh, I, I'm a huge CrossFit fan. I love it. I've become addicted to it. Uh, it it's my, like, I... After Shayla and Jesus, like it's it's the big three in my life: Shayla, Jesus, and CrossFit. Like those are those are where all my attention mostly goes. And um, I watched the CrossFit games this past summer, and I was like, "This is amazing! Like I want to do that." And Shayla's like, "You can't do that." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's like a division for old people, and I want I could I could be in the old people division." And so I'm 37 years old right now. I know that like some of you guys didn't know how old I am. I'm 37. Uh, th- that older division starts at age 40. And so I have three years, three years. My intention is, is I'm going to compete with those jokers at the CrossFit Games. Now, I don't plan on winning. I'm just going to compete. Uh, and so like I'm just going to get, I'm going to show up. To the, to the games and get free Reebok stuff. That's my goal, really. I just want free stuff. And so I'm going to train really hard for the next three years to get free stuff three years from now. So my intentions are determining my actions today. It's why you'll find me at, at my CrossFit box six days a week because I'm, I'm not, I don't just want to have a good intention. Like I can talk about, hey, I want to go to the CrossFit games. I can, I can buy a ticket there and watch everybody or I can go and be there and have people buying a ticket to watch me. And so we got to turn intentions into actions. And, uh, and the third thing that I think is the most important is, is we have to turn to a friend. This is the most critical aspect of this whole deal. Uh, don't try to do this alone. Don't try to do this alone. Because at the first sign of struggle or the first sign of failure, that's where most people give up because they're all by themselves. Proverbs tells us, is iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Man, we need people in our lives that we can encourage, that we can build up. I was coming back from Dallas this week, and I got in a couple workouts in Dallas, but Friday morning, I was, I was supposed to be at, at the gym at 8.30, because there's a group of us that, that hit up our, our box at 8.30 on Friday mornings, and I got a text at about 9.30, like, hey, I was missing you today. Like, nobody ever likes to get that text, and, like, when they're calling you out for missing the gym, but that's what having a friend will do, and and this person went on to text me and goes, hey, I, I, I PR'd or I, I had a personal record when it came to a certain lift. And I, I, I did this for the first time today. And I was genuinely excited for this person. But it also fueled me to get in there later that afternoon and make sure that I did it better than them. Again, confession. Competitive. It's what it's all about for me. It's not that I'm good. It's just that I'm a little bit better than you. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> it's terrible, but true. But I loved it. I love the fact that, man, I'm not doing this alone. And so I have somebody that's holding me accountable. It's causing me to strive and become the best me possible. You know what? God wants you to be the best you possible. Not just spiritually, not just emotionally, but physically, all three areas. He wants to make you holy and whole this year. And what if, just what if, you were to get serious about not just the physical, emotional, and spiritual, all three, all three, and combine them so that you are fit for when Christ calls you to do what he's called you to do.